0: Previously on Junebug's Ballad, our story began shortly after the execution of 18-year-old Junebug. Her mother burst into the courtyard and stood her ground, decrying the court and defending her daughter. As she spoke, a strange man stepped into view and proposed to tell the real story of Junebug, using letters and journals in her hand that he'd mysteriously recovered. The crowd reluctantly agreed, and now this mysterious man will begin Junebug's ballad. before it began with the story of her mother's exile.
1: You want me to begin with my
0: own tale? I do not think I would do it justice, but if you would rather that I tell it, I could-
1: No, no, you are right, it is my story. At least part of it is, but what exactly am I telling them?
0: Start where your story begins, madam. It will eventually lead into your daughter's- Can you be more specific? Tell them everything that happened before Joombug's first appointment with the king.
1: Everything?
0: Really? Yes, really. Context matters. Oh dear, I fear I may bore them. Do not worry about the crowd. They will behave themselves. Will you or will you not listen? Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, pal. Yeah, just hurry up already. Go ahead.
1: Very well. I come from nobility, as I know many of you do. The wishes of my mother and father have been more important than mine since I was young. It did not help that I was born a woman. I imagine many of you can relate to this, but I am still and always will be under their power. As soon as I was old enough to walk on my own, my parents would use me to spy on other courtesans. After all, no one would suspect a child of anything serious like that.
0: It is impossible for a child to defy the will of their parents. Well, impossible if you want to live under their roof.
1: Precisely. I was young when I began, and by the time I realized what I was doing, I could not escape. At first, what I learned was harmless, like what sort of drinks the ladies preferred. But as I grew older, it got worse and worse. At one point, I knew every courtesan's weakness, even if they themselves did not know what it was. If you put someone in front of me, I could tell you their darkest secret or their greatest joy within ten seconds. I became the most troubling sort of savant.
0: That was an elegant turn of phrase, well said. But I must ask, if you began your life in the castle, how and when were you turned away?
1: I was ordered by my father to get close to a courtesan about my age named Ann Barker. He demanded I do whatever necessary to find out if she had stolen his prized forest green cloak and if she had where it was now. It was simple enough and I had retrieved stolen goods for him before. Either I would convince her to give it back to me, blackmail her if persuasion did not work. Or if she started to suspect I was up to something, I would have to take it back myself. But I never found out where the cloak was. I did not get that far. So what happened? That night, I dolled myself up and snuck into a celebration, bouncing from courtesan to courtesan until I ran into her. I did everything I could to be subtle. I swear I did. But then she learned who my father was. I resemble him uncannily so. As it turns out, my father had been caught making love to her mother and she was thrown out. Why he got to stay is beyond me. And Anne considered my flirtation an affront to her reputation. The fact that I dared to suggest a repeat had made it a generational mockery her words, not mine. As soon as the previous king found out I had offended her and learned of my true mission, I was banished to a village outside of town and forced to live in poverty. That included my husband, too, and my little girl. But Jacob made the best of it. He never, ever blamed me for my role in it. I knew the court must have hated me, but even if they did, I had one person in my corner. If the king comes for his head after this, he will have to go through me
0: first. Uh, If I may interject briefly. Madam, your daughter does speak of you and your husband in her journal. May I? Of course. Please do. When the court met today... No, 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 that's not right. There was an entry about love in here somewhere... Found it! Uh, Yes, I almost lost my place there. Your daughter wrote in almost every page of this journal.
1: Read it, please.
0: I see the way that mother and father look at each other. It is like they can see the night sky in each other's eyes. Even when they fight, as all couples do, they never stop loving each other, and they never pretend to be anything for my sake. They just are in love, and they are adorable. I I love love them dearly. No matter matter what what I heard heard
2: the courtesans say under under their their breaths, I am proud to call myself their daughter. daughter.
0: Oh, God!
2: (laughs) I know that love comes in many forms. Romantic, platonic, carnal, (laughs) familial, and more that I cannot remember. My parents love each other on every one of those levels. I could see their love even when I was little. But I did not see real love between the courtesans. What they call love I know is just flirtation. Women, men, and the others play fast and loose with each other's feelings, stamping on each other's hearts, playing a melodrama in real time. They do it all to sabotage each other. It is also selfish. Not like my parents. I know it is biased to say they are the greatest. I have not always felt that way. But all those decadent lover in the court could learn a thing or two from them. That is, if they wanted to love, but they prefer to play the game of love rather than practice it.
3: Dear, may I come in?
2: One moment, please. Hopefully they do not look under my bed. Come in!
3: You have been in here a while.
2: Sorry, Father. I was just lost in thought. What do you need?
3: Can you please run to the apothecary and see what medicines they have? I am helping your mother get back on her feet, but rest alone just does not seem to be healing her.
2: Of course. Let me grab my coin purse.
3: Do not spend so much this time, my Junebug. Only get what you think would be useful. I trust you, but be smart.
1: I know. How about a kiss before you go? I will give you one when I come back. I promise.
3: Be good, my dear Junebug.
2: I will try. (laughs) I shan't be long. Bye!
1: Goodbye, dear.
3: At least she listened to me this time.
1: That girl is nothing but energy.
3: Yes, energy that is keen on getting her in trouble
1: must you sit down there?
3: I do not mind the floor.
1: It is not very proper.
3: No one can see us, dear. Besides, you need our one chair more than I do.
1: You are too polite sometimes.
3: I had hoped it would have rubbed off on June.
1: As had I. When I was fifteen, I was preparing for marriage and fussing over my looks. I thought she would be the same way by now. Instead, she leaves the house and sends young courtesans home with bruises and welts.
3: She never starts the fights, but she always finishes them. That's what she told me, at least.
1: Good lord! I am surprised the neighbors have not come knocking or one of the court. Surely they are horrified when they see what she does to them. Do they even know?
3: Has she never told you? She only gets in fights with the children who come down from the palace. She knows all of their names, too. She can distinguish a courtesan from a villager just at a glance. Not only that, you know how she likes to accompany Agnes when she brings crops to the palace.
1: Yes, she has done that since we moved out here.
3: Well, she finally told me why. She went at first because she was curious, as you are when you are young. But she came back with the most outrageous gossip about a love triangle between these three courtesans. She wanted to hear more, and so she went back again and again. But she also knows what happened to you, and so she did not want you to know.
1: Oh dear. She is clever, but for all the wrong reasons.
3: Just as you were.
1: That worries me. I would normally admire such initiative in a girl. I think it suits her. But if her life takes the same trajectory as mine, I fear she will end up cast out further than us. I do not want her to end up like I have. Like we have.
3: Dear, remember, we are not your parents. We do not need to order her around like they did to you. We have the chance to be better.
1: We do, but she behaves how she likes, even when we tell her no.
3: She does love us.
1: I know that, but she always does the exact opposite of what we say. When we told her to stop picking fights with the other children, she went out the same day and got into another skirmish. If we order her not to follow the cart anymore, she will hide in the cabbages and go anyway. Mm-hmm. Even as young as she is, I still fear her interest in the court will get her in trouble. I do not want my child embroiled in that, not like I was. I worry she may want to sneak in. She is at that age.
3: As long as we keep an eye on her, she will not.
1: I can only see so much from my chair.
3: You will get better soon. Just take it easy.
1: I want to help out around the house.
3: I know you do, but I have managed so far. What do you think?
1: You have managed things well.
3: As has Junebug. I will keep an eye on her for the both of us. Alright. Hmm. This needs more fuel. I will go fetch more wood. What on earth?
0: Jim, get out of a robber! Come on, June! <laughs> what do you go for the ah! Tear their hair out! Don't fight! Don't fight! Come on, <laughs> Everyone here! <hit. laughs> <laughs>
2: Take <laughs> oh, the oil. What a mess. Ha! Are you sorry yet? Is it true what they say about your mother? Did she really flirt with her father's mistress? Well, what about you, Eglantine? I heard your father stuck his balls in a pig's mouth. How he has remained in the court is beyond me. Perhaps the king is a fellow beast lover. <gasps> How dare you! The king shall hear about this. Oh no, not the king. I will just get more banished than I am now. He shall have you executed. I know he will. For telling the truth? (laughs) He has not followed through on a single execution in his entire reign. And even if he did, I will not be the first. You fool. You ninny.
1: Ninny? (laughs)
0: You oh. <laughs> jerk. <Jordan?
2: laughs> <laughs> mm. oh. Cease this skirmish as once, <laughs> children.
3: I no fighting on the king's soil. What seems
2: to be the problem, officers?
1: Get your hands off them. Okay.
2: <sighs> Thank God, you two got here just in time. We were practicing for an audition. There is a nearby troop of actors looking for people to join their ranks, so we thought we would stay to fight to show off our liar! Art. She tried to tear me apart. All because I insulted her family, even though everything I said was true. Well, everything I said was true too. But apparently I am not allowed to insult one of the children of the Oso Lofty court.
1: The punishment for assaulting a courtesan is twenty years in prison.
2: You really think I am unaware of that? Who do you take me for, an idiot? I look nothing like Eglantine.
3: (laughs) Guards, take
2: her away! What, for insulting a rich kid? Your face is insult enough.
1: If you utter one more insult, we will bring you before the
2: king. I am not afraid of him. If he actually followed through on half of his threats, he might make for a decent king. (gasps) I did not mean that. Speak no further, child. I am no child. I am 15 years old. You must come with us. The king will hear of your insolence. Will he now? Does he not have more pressing matters to attend to? That he has to take interest in a girl he has never met? Our gracious king may be annoying, but he is not stupid. That is enough. Okay, noted. Lead the way. I definitely do not know how to get there by myself. Nope, not a clue.
3: Oh, my dear Junebug, what have you done? Marjorie.
1: Jacob, what is it?
2: A Junebug's Ballad is produced by the Goose Thunder Podcasting Network and was created by Izzy. Episode 2 was written by Arizona Johnson with script edits by Izzy. It featured Arizona Johnson as Junebug, Anne Nordland as Junebug's mother, Dylan as Junebug's father, Joshua Sands as Devereaux, Shivangi Sikri as the teen courtesan, Olivia Daniels and Taryn Murlo as the guards, and Kara, Stuart Moyer, and Hollis as the courtesans. Sound for this episode was edited by Lena LaFont and music was composed by Benny James. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app or check out our Tumblr. The link is in the description. Thank you for listening.